Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series of messages on the book of Zechariah were recorded in Malaysia a number of years ago. Be sure to get a copy of Kevin's newly released commentaries on the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations, the book of Ezekiel, and the Minor Prophets. Available in paperback and ebook formats from Amazon.com and as immediate PDF downloads from kevinconnor.org forward slash shop. Earthly Jerusalem. Right from the time of Solomon, city in the temple, and then his decline, destruction, then restoration, then in his time, and then destruction again, and then Jerusalem as a city trodden down, and uh, the Lord weeping over Jerusalem because it's a rejection, and then what about Jerusalem in the end times where we are now? Now, I want to go over, uh, we'll come back to that, uh, I want to go over to the other side. Now, what I want you to do on this section is, I want you to note eight scriptures of what the New Testament writers say about Jerusalem, the other side. Now, the thing I want you to pick up, so eight scriptures, and uh, on this as we sort of introduce where we're going, how many believe the Bible shows that, that there are two Jerusalems? There's an earthly Jerusalem and a heavenly Jerusalem. Is that right? Now, I want to go way over to the other side, and it's not Kevin Connors, knocking Israel or knocking Jerusalem. Let's see what the New Testament says. So I want you to go, and I want you to look at these scriptures with me if you can and take down what thoughts you can. Okay, number one, first scripture I want you to look at. So I've just put that one through to eight here. Then when we've done this, we'll bring it all together. So number one, let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter four. So look at one side, the earth of Jerusalem, now I want to look at the other side. Okay, and what the New Testament writers, what they point us to. Right, John chapter 4, and verse 20 to 24, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, scripture we uh, know so much. So, uh, verse 20, Jesus says, uh, or the woman, pardon me, says, uh, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem, is the place where one ought to worship. So, you know, a lot of talk, we've got to go to Jerusalem for a misguided tour. And remember, I've been to Jerusalem, I've done my misguided tours. They all, they all told different stories. The one who told the biggest story, or the biggest, uh, well, story, uh, he got the most money from the tourists. I got in free because I slipped from one to the other. It's my Jewish nose. Now, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus taught. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, which was Samaria, nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. Now he's already said the hour is coming. He adds this. And now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father, not in this mountain, Samaria, not in Jerusalem, but in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So when Jesus said that, he repudiated Jerusalem as a place of worship. Otherwise, we'd all have to go to Jerusalem. See? And the New Testament writers say, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And Paul says, in every place, that's the word place, where his name is called upon, 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And every place, those that call upon his name, they're the saints. So God changed the place, and it's in uh, where two or three are gathered in his name. That's the place. There I am in the midst. So, number one, Jesus repudiated Jerusalem as a place of worship. Saying so that's the only place, because they were arguing over places. Alright, number two, scripture number two. I want you to turn over Hebrews chapter 10. And in Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter, Hebrews, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, uh, uh, Hebrews 11, 12, and 13, we have uh, references to Jerusalem. But let's look at it. Alright, Hebrews chapter 11. That's right, Hebrews 11. And we'll pick up in verse, uh, verse 9. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now listen to verse 10. For he looked, or he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Which city? Earthly Jerusalem or heavenly Jerusalem? Abraham is not looking for the earthly Jerusalem. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. Then go down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And if truly they had been uh, had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, uh, a better, that is a heavenly country, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Which city? Earthly Jerusalem or heavenly Jerusalem? Okay, alright, number three, Hebrews chapter 12. Now what I'm saying here is you'll find all the New Testament writers are now saying, look, get your eyes off the earthly Jerusalem. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be trodden down in the Gentiles. There's another city. We want you to get your eyes on another city, Jerusalem. Verse 22 of Hebrews 12. But you would come unto Mount Zion... And unto the city of the living God, the what? The next word. The heavenly Jerusalem. And to innumerable the company of angels, general seventy of church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So you're not come to the earthly city. So in the writer of the Hebrews, he's trying to wean them from the earthly temple to the spiritual temple. He's trying to wean them from the Aaronic uh, priesthood to the Melchizedek priesthood. He's trying to wean them off animal sacrifices to spiritual sacrifice. He's trying to wean them from the earthly city to the heavenly city. So which Jerusalem are we looking at? Okay, so number three, the heavenly city, Mount Zion, and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, right? Uh, scripture number four, scripture number four, Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, and we'll pick up in verse 11 through to 14, just to lead into it, Hebrews 13, uh, verse 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. 
Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him, without the camp bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city. Because the earthly city of Jerusalem is soon to be destroyed. So we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Which is that? The heavenly Jerusalem. Alright, so they're pointing away from the earthly Jerusalem because they know what's going to happen. Now all these are Jewish believers who are writing these things. It's not Kevin Connor. Now let's go to Galatians. And this is, this is a heavy duty one. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And for your notes, uh, you can put down verse 21 through to uh, 31. We won't read it all. Uh, but uh, Galatians chapter 4 and verses 21 through to 31. Reading from all authorized here. So tell me you that desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. Link verse 22 with verse 25. Abraham had two sons, and these two sons are two covenants. The one from the Mount Sinai, which genders to bondage, which is Hagar, and this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Very clear. The earthly Jerusalem, in its present state, is in bondage with her children, and it corresponds to Ishmael, after the flesh of Hagar. Bondage, bondwoman, it corresponds to the law covenant, the covenant of works. So Paul is switching the whole thing. And so the earthly Jerusalem, the Jerusalem which now is, and remember Jesus said the hour is coming and now is, is in bondage with the children. So here Paul, who's been brought up in Jerusalem, he's been Tarsus, and he's been in Jerusalem under the feet of, at the feet of Gamaliel, teaching and so forth, he said the Jerusalem which now is in a bondage. But verse 26, he points us to the other Jerusalem. But Jerusalem which is above is free which is the mother of us all. So what you do to the Galatians, he's saying, look, there's two Jerusalem, there's an earthly Jerusalem, it's in bondage, it answers to Hagar, and Ishmael, it's of the flesh, it's of works, it's a law covenant, but the Jerusalem which is above corresponds to Isaac and Sarah, and is free. Then he goes on, for it is written, rejoice, uh, you, uh, O barren, you who did not bear, break forth and shout, you are not in labor, for the desolate is many more children than the, she which has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, and he's talking about those who are born of the only begotten son. We, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and the son, the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So in that passage, Paul shows us there's two Jerusalem. There's an earthly Jerusalem and a heavenly Jerusalem. The earthly Jerusalem, present state of Jerusalem, in bondage with the children, it's of the flesh. Oh, even though they say, well, we're Jews, we're the elect of the nation, you were in bondage, works, law, flesh, Hagar. That's it. Okay, scripture number six.
Let's turn to Revelation chapter 3, scripture number 6. That's what all the new covenant writers say. Revelation, what uh, I say, Revelation is number 6 reference with Revelation chapter 3. Now in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus writing to the, uh, through John to the church. And so to the church of uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 12 to the church in Philadelphia and the great promise he gives to the overcomer uh, he who overcomes I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is what? The new Jerusalem not the old Jerusalem the new Jerusalem and where does it originate from? It comes down out of heaven from my God. And I'll write upon him my new name. And what an encouragement to the believer then. Say, well, the old Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. It has been when John writes the Revelation. city had been destroyed. They're all feeling for the city. And God says, look, overcome. I'm going to write upon you the name of my God. Still the name Jerusalem, city of peace. But it's the new Jerusalem, not the old one. All right, now let's turn over to... Revelation chapter 21, uh, scripture number 7. Revelation, and uh, for you notes, you can just put down these two chapters because they deal with this. So, Revelation chapter 21, 22, just those chapters that you can study between now and the new heavens and new earth. <laughs> How many are glad your salvation doesn't, doesn't depend on this week? <laughs> Remember, I've got 54 years behind. 55 now, that's right. Wow. Okay, verse 1 of chapter 21. John the Beloved, who being in the city of Jerusalem had written the Gospel of John, heard what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He knew it all, heard the prophecies of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and uh, Jerusalem being trodden down of the Gentiles. John knew it all. And so he closes his tremendous book off. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Notice the three news, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. So when we read scripture about Jerusalem being an eternal city, it is. But which one? The heavenly one. You know, when we read these scriptures, it's a holy city and it'll never be destroyed. Which city is he talking about? We've got to realize there's two cities, the earthly Jerusalem, the heavenly one. So I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And the end result was the tabernacle of God is with men. So it's tabernacle of David in Zion, tabernacle of Moses, Mount Moriah, the Temple of Solomon, all those Old Testament uh, habitations of God pointed to the ultimate dwelling place of God, the New Jerusalem which is the tabernacle of God, the dwelling place of God, forever and ever will dwell with them, and they'll be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. So he gives two chapters. Now, Scripture, oh, I want you to turn over, with number seven now, uh, to Psalm 46. So in other words, if you ever going to do this, <laughs> and go to every reference <laughs> sometime, when you read Scriptures about Jerusalem, Good question to ask. Now, is this verse talking about earthly Jerusalem or is it talking about heavenly Jerusalem? 
I go to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And it says in Psalm 46, verse, uh, verse uh, 4, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. Now, was there ever a river in the earthly Jerusalem? Never. So what city has a river? Revelation 21 and 22, there is a river. Trees of life, see? Got to read it. Ask yourself the question, is this referring to earthly Jerusalem or heavenly Jerusalem? It's referring to the city of God has a river. Jerusalem never had a river. Babylon had a river. And they were always disappointed in Jerusalem that they never had a river. River, And by the rivers of Babylon, they sat down and wept. As they, <laughs> yeah. Did I say that right? Hey, what am I talking about? This yeah. Okay, so Babylon had a river, you know, and they sat down by the river of Babylon and wept, hung their hearts on the willow tree. But they didn't have a river in Jerusalem, which they missed. But God says, I've got a city up here, and it's got a river. Trees of life on either side. All right, now I want you to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 before we go to our final scripture, number eight, then try and bring this all together. Uh, go back to he, um, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, as I've uh, read Hebrews chapter 11 over the years, I ask myself the question, you know, um, in verse, uh, just those two particular verses about Abraham, verse 9 onwards, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived in tents, lived in a tent and paid no rent. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were looking for a city which has foundations, and the 12 foundations of the city of God, whose builder and maker is God, and then it says, uh, they desire a better country, and God is not ashamed to be called their God, but he's prepared for them a city. Now, let me ask you, where did Abraham ever get a promise of a city from? Has anybody ever thought that out? Turn back to Hebrews chapter 7, and I'll su su suggest something. In Hebrews chapter 7, it's just verse 1 or 2. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem meaning peace, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the sword of the kings and blessed him, to, also, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now, let me suggest something to you. When Melchizedek, who is king of righteousness and king of peace. He's not a, not a righteous king, not a peaceful king. He's a king of righteousness and king of peace. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is exactly what the king is. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and a good measure, joy. So this king of righteousness and king of peace came from the kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy, and he came from Salem. And so many expositors say, well, Melchizedek, he turned up from the earthly city of Salem and told Abraham about that. 
You know what I believe? I believe that when Malbec gave Abraham the communion, the bread, and the cup there, and he received tithes of him, that Melchizedek has come from the heavenly Jerusalem, and he told Abraham the vision of the city. You live in the tent, pay no rent, I'm going to give you a city. And, and see, Abraham had just been called out of Ur of the Chaldees, out of Babylon, and looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He was not looking for earthly Jerusalem. Where did you get the revelation? I'd like to suggest that he's got it from Melchizedek. Thank you, Kevin, for that interesting point. Let's go to our last trump card. <laughs> uh, dear Father, help me. Sometimes I repent when I go home after this, but I say, Lord, it was fun. <laughs> okay, Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. This is the last reference to earthly Jerusalem in the Bible. And it's the most horrible one. Then I've got to bring it all together now, don't I? Okay. All right, Revelation chapter 11. The two witnesses. And we're told, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, and it doesn't stop there, where also our Lord was crucified. Which is what city? Jerusalem. The greatest sin the city did, and the people did, his blood be on us and on our children, and the city where our Lord was crucified. Now in the, in the verse there, you have three places mentioned, well, one by implication of course, you have Sodom, you have Egypt, and you have Jerusalem. Now Sodom had two witnesses, now please listen to this, Sodom had two witnesses and was destroyed by fire and brimstone. Egypt had two witnesses and was destroyed by plagues. Jerusalem will have two witnesses and it will, at the second coming, be destroyed by violent brimstone and by plagues. So what I want to ask you, contrary to some of the teaching that's floating around, that when Jesus comes back, he's going to clean up this city which spiritually is solemn. We think of a Sodomite society. We live in our Western world, particularly. He's going to clean up Sodom. He's going to clean up Egypt. And so now in the Millennial Kingdom, which we can go over here now, so of course this will bring us down somewhere to the Second Coming, that is Second Coming, Second Sea, and into Kevin Connor's Christian Bill. Do you think in the Millennium that God is going to clean up that old city over there that spiritually Sodom and so now I want everybody to go up to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Is he talking about the earthly city or not? Something to think about. Now, so that's what all the New Testament writers say about the city. Now, all right, everybody got this famous chart? You got that line there? Okay, I'm going to give you two lines now, and then we're going to finish. All right. Okay, so let's uh, sort of try and bring it all together and balance it all out now. Okay, now, here's my famous little chart. Alright, would everybody agree, first of all, number one, that there is a heavenly Jerusalem? I'll put in black one. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, just on your wrap-up sheet here now. There is a heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jew, Jerusalem. 
Then number two, there is a earthly Jerusalem. Now what God actually wanted to do, he wanted the earthly Jerusalem to be a shadow on earth of what the heavenly Jerusalem was about. That was God's original purpose and intention. So two Jerusalems, heavenly and earthly. Now in the Old Testament, if you do this, it will go like this. First of all, under the Old Testament, the emphasis is on earthly Jerusalem. So I'll just put EJ here. So all through the Old Testament, the, earthly, the emphasis is upon earthly Jerusalem. Let's go up to Jerusalem and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, all the attack on Jerusalem, the city of God, the holy city, because earthly Jerusalem was meant to be on earth, a shadow of the heavenly Jerusalem. Heavenly Jerusalem has the glory of God, the presence of God, everything like that. And it was meant to be, the earthly Jerusalem was meant to be a shadow. Difference is, in the heavenly Jerusalem, there's no temple. In the earthly Jerusalem, there's a temple because whenever the temple's there, it's because of redemption. Those who get to the heavenly city don't need a temple because the Lord God and the Lamb are the temple. The Lord God and the Lamb are the temple and sacrifice because sin has been dealt with. But in the earthly one, so it was meant to be a shadow. So all through the Old Testament. Now, there were just down here on this secondary level, there were just some references, slight references to the, I'll just put it, the HJ, the heavenly Jerusalem. And as you go through some of the Old Testament scriptures, because I've done every reference myself, you know, there will, you'll find there's illusions about there's a, uh, there's, a, there's a city and there's the river of God that makes by the city of God. And you'll find, as I went through now, is this talking about earthly Jerusalem? No. It's talking about heavenly Jerusalem. So it's sort of down the bottom underneath that earthly Jerusalem. Now, once you get to here, what happens? You come to the cross, and there's a changeover. And this is what happens from the New Testament because uh, he came unto his own, he came to earth in Jerusalem, they rejected him, he, let, he, he lamented over it and wept over it, they said it will be trodden down. And now the New Testament writers, they switch this from being the earthly Jerusalem and they say, okay, believers, get your eyes under the heavenly Jerusalem because the earthly Jerusalem is being trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the of the Gentiles being fulfilled. Now, when Jesus comes this time, uh, let, let, let me go back to something here. It's coming to my mind. Uh, turn way over to Genesis chapter... Yeah, go, turn to the book of Genesis. Just a few more minutes, and then I'm done and you're done. Uh, Genesis chapter... Uh, Genesis chapter 20, oh, let's see, no, Genesis 13. Now, the principle that I'm sharing with you here is sort of illustrated in the promises made to Abraham concerning his seed. Genesis chapter 13, I think it is. Genesis 13. Uh, yes, Genesis 13 and verse 16. And here it says, God uh, speaking to Abraham, he says, uh, I'll give you the land and I will make your seed as the uh, dust of the earth. So dust of the earth. We go to Genesis chapter 15. 
next promise concerning the seed, Genesis 15 and verse 5, he says, um, and he brought him forth forward and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. Now, what I want you to pick out here is first promise is given to Abraham, same principle we're looking at here, is the promise that his seed would be as the dust, or other words that are used, it's as the sand for number. Then the next promise he gets is that his seed would be as the stars. Okay, so in other words, from Abraham, let's put Abraham here, uh, from Abraham's loins would come two seed lines. Seed as the sand, as the dust, and seed as the stars. Now the dust and the sand represents the earthly, the national, the natural seed. The, 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 star, the seed as the stars represents the heavenly, the spiritual. So from Abraham's line would come two seed lines. Natural, national Israel, and spiritual Israel. The sand seed and the star seed. Earthly, heavenly, natural, spiritual. So two Israels, even in the Old Testament. Now, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 22 and see what God does. Genesis chapter 22. And in Genesis chapter 22, we have the sacrifice of Abraham's only begotten son, Isaac. Remember I've said before, there's only two only begotten sons in the Bible. Isaac, the only begotten son of the Old Testament, and Jesus, the only begotten son of the New Testament. So now, on the basis of three days' journey, father and son, offering up of his uh, only begotten son Isaac as a burnt offering in type, from which he received him from a figure, raised from the dead, so death and resurrection. Listen to what verse uh, 16 says. And God says, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of his enemies. What am I saying here? When Abraham and I are Isaac, have their three days, look what I'm doing here, their three days journey, and Isaac goes through his typical symbolic death and resurrection on the basis of that death and resurrection of the only begotten son in three days, the promise is switched. And God says your seed will be as the stars and your seed will be as the sand. So now the spiritual takes precedence over the earthly. Everybody get the picture? Let me say it again. So once the three days and three nights sacrifice of the only begotten son, his symbolic death and resurrection, God switches the promise. He crosses hands, so to speak, and now he said, your seed would be the stars and as the sand. So two seed lines. So if Abraham came back today and he's looking for his seed, where would he go? He would first go to the church. That's my seed, twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> because if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. So once you see this, it's beyond the natural birth, it's the spiritual birth. You and I are Abraham's seed. And when God says in your seed all nations were to be blessed, is he talking about the unconverted Jew? He's talking about the Christians. You are blessing your nation. 
if the Lord took you out by a rapture tonight, what would happen in your nation? What would happen in any nation once the church is removed? Because the church is the light of the world. The world would be in darkness. So you've got to have a sense of destiny. I am Abraham's seed. So when I come to Malaysia and do all these book studies, I'm a little bit of that many-membered seed. He doesn't say seeds, plural, as a many, but to seed. So I'm part of that many-membered seed, and I'm blessing you, hopefully. Frightening you, hopefully. But the sand is still there. Then he would go over, just to ask him what he said, he'd go, oh, he'd go over the Middle East, over Jerusalem, say, hey, sand seed, why don't you wake up? If you claim me as your father, and I've just seen a book recently written, a book recently written, yes. And I said, maybe we could get the three main religions of the world, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, we could reconcile these three religions over Father Abraham. Anybody seen the book here? Very interesting. I've read it. Very interesting. But there's no way of reconciliation of these three to Abraham because Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And Abraham was a man of faith in the true God and the only begotten Son. So only way of reconciliation here. So now he would go over and say, well listen, you say I'm your father, Abraham's the father of Judaism, Islam, Christianity. Say, so why don't you get born again? and become a new creation, and turn from being sand and become a star. From the natural to the spiritual. Now I said all that to say this as we wrap up. In the Old Covenant, so we can pray for the peace of Jerusalem, in the Old Covenant, it was the earthly Jerusalem, it was the sand seed, though they, this was there, but since the cross and death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, all those scriptures I gave you are from New Covenant writers, who have been changed from sand seed to star seed, and they point us away. Get your eyes off the earth of Jerusalem. It is a sign there. It will be there. It's going to be a hot spot. Get your eyes on the heaven of Jerusalem. City Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Pardon me. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are looking for a city to build on that with God. So I end up asking this. Okay. Which, which city are your eyes upon? Now, I've got my eye on the heavenly Jerusalem because that's the eternal city. That's the holy city. It's a pure city. That's my eternal habitation, my eternal dwelling place. I do watch what's happening over here, but I believe that when Jesus comes, he will have finished with the earth of Jerusalem, but will have finished his purpose. And God says, okay, it served his purpose in earth. I'm finished with it now. Spiritual Sodom and Egypt. Two witnesses will say their bit. And what does Jerusalem do to them? Antichrist kills them again. So then, the ultimate of our picture is that God will take the star seed to a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and we will live happily ever after. Something to think about? How many of you got something out of this? That's it. That's it, folks. Okay. I think we'll leave it there. So I want to thank Brother Hong Seng for a great time and thank you for being such a wonderful, responsive occasion. I was just sharing before, uh, I, there's not another nation on the earth, really, that I've done all the books that I have here except in Malaysia. So either you are hungry 
or you just like the great tribulation. <laughs> so thank you for receiving me and just being such a good response. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching. Visit kevinconnor.org for more information.